Amen. So good. I'm so glad you are here today. I'm excited to talk about uh, the life you've always wanted. And uh, we are journeying through John Ortberg's book, uh, The Life You've Always Wanted. And I just want to encourage you to, to dive into everything that's being made available to you. We have uh, several copies of this book. If you wanted to purchase one, I would really encourage you to read it. It's so good. And there's going to be material in here that I'm not going to cover on messages on Sunday. Uh, and then there's going to be stuff I cover that's not in the book. And, and that and being a part of a rock group, a small group that is going to journey through all this together. It's, it will just be an amazing time. And just dive in over the next five or six weeks. We're going to have a great time together discovering the life you've always wanted. How many of you know that Jesus has promised us an absolutely amazing life? Not just the fact that we're going to go to heaven for eternity, which is good enough, but he said, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come to give us a life that's characterized by abundance. Jesus promised to us that we would have a life of peace. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not the kind of peace the world gives do I give to you. So don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be fearful. It would be easy in the day that we live in to let your heart get fearful to let your heart get troubled. But Jesus promised us that we could live a life where we would have rest and peace within our soul. That's what a lot of people are looking for. He promised us a life of joy. John 15, 11, he said, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Wow, full of joy. Just smile like you no, that's a real scripture. Full of joy. He's promised us to a life where we are covered completely by the love of God. 1 John 3, verse 1 says this, These things I have spoken to you. I'm sorry, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, and such we are. He's even promised us provision in this life. Philippians 4 says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And if you think about it, what, what better life could there be? A life full of peace, a life full of joy, a life full of love, a life of provision from heaven. That's a great life. But... My experience with a lot of people is that many people don't experience this. And the reality is the gift of salvation it comes to us and is a free gift. You can never be good enough to earn salvation. You can never be good enough to earn a relationship with God. All have sinned, the Bible says, and fall short of the glory of God. But God offers a right standing with him. He offers the gift of righteousness to us. He offers us even the possibility of going to heaven as a gift that we receive. And God loves you just like you are. 
but thankfully he won't leave us just like we are. And he will never love you more, and he'll never love you less. He's made that choice to love you. So every morning when you wake up, you can know that the God who runs everything, knows everything, the God who's over everything, he's for you. He loves you. That, that's a great thing to know. And you just get that by receiving that, by opening your heart. Just say yes. Everybody say yes. Yes, you just say yes to receive it. But spiritual health and spiritual strength and spiritual vitality really come to us the same way that physical health and physical strength and physical vitality come. You've got this gift of breathing, but if you want to be healthy... And if you want to be strong and you want to be vibrant, how many of you know there's got, at some level, there's got to be some intentional effort put forth? It's, it's easy to drift into situations that are not healthy, that are not causing us to be strong or vibrant. There has to be some intentional effort. And that effort is called Discipline. <laughs> Discipline. At the root of being a disciple is the concept of discipline. Now, before I chase you off, let me just say, somehow we've got to make friends with discipline. Somehow, I mean, even if you just want to walk up and give, just give it a gentle little hug at first. Just a little kind of, sort of, you don't have to go for the full embrace. You don't have to go for the bear hug. But somehow or another, if, if you want to be vibrant and strong and healthy, if you want to have resources in your life, if you want to be able to make a difference, then you're going to have to embrace discipline. It's just it, no one escapes the pull of gravity. No one escapes the, the laws of electricity. Discipline, and I'm not talking about some kind of rigid, uh, unbending, uh, you know, unrelenting sort of thing. I'm just saying discipline is a part of every person's life who's going to be healthy, both physically or spiritually. And it's a powerful word. And I mean, it, it, it brings up a lot of emotions for us. Some people, the minute we heard, the minute we heard me say discipline, we just went, stop, time out, no, not me. Why did I even come to this darn church today? And I, I'm just going to encourage you to, to think a little bit different about this over the next couple of weeks because we often think of discipline as, okay, it's going to be overly ordered, rigid, every minute accounted for, force yourself to do things, and let's face it, certainly no fun. But Hebrews 12, verse 11 says this, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Can I get a witness? It, it, but sorrowful. Yet, to those who've been trained by it, 
Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now, I understand in context, this is actually talking about God disciplining us, but I think this concept applies to discipline. And what I'm asking you to, to buy into is this idea that to, to kind of start to gently hug discipline, make friends with it somehow, and get this idea that I, maybe I can't run a marathon today, but I could start training because training will take me there more than trying will take me there. Training will take me there more than straining will take me there. And I spent some time last week, and I won't spend a lot of time this week, but I'm really asking you to buy the 1% improvement idea. Just a step, just a move, just a, you don't have to be perfect. We're not after perfection. We're just after some progress. Everybody say progress, not perfection. <laughs> Because nobody's going to be perfect in it. But you could make some moves towards it. Proverbs 15, verse 32 says this. He who neglects discipline despises himself. Isn't that true? Come on. When, when, the, when, the, when the pie was there and you said, I'm not going to eat any, and you find it, all of a sudden you ate the whole pie. <laughs> when it, after you ate it, you go, why did I do that? Okay, maybe you've never eaten a whole pie. Or maybe you've eaten more than a pie. Today I want to talk about the discipline of celebrating. And, and I know it, you're probably thinking, wait a minute. Celebrating, awesome. Discipline, how do those two go together? How, how does that even work at all? How, do you, how does that become a discipline? But I want to encourage you to consider this. Follow me on a train of thought for a minute. All of us have negative news coming at us on a regular basis. CNN, constant negative news. I, I remember before the election, Suzette and I were really dialed into a lot of the news, and, uh, and I was like, after, once the election was over, we probably should have turned it off before. We just turned it off. We, just the constant pouring in of all the negative news. And then there's negative voices that are coming at us. And then there's the struggles of just real life, daily life. There's the disappointments, the things that you hope for that are not working out for you. And then on top of all that, there is the devil. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like us. And then there's sin, the, the principle of sin, that, that there's something in me, I, I want to do this, but I don't do it, or I don't want to do that, and I do it because of the principle of sin, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself, and then maybe some of us are fighting through some kind of sickness of some kind, and some struggles, and am I blessing you? Are, are you enjoying this? Yeah. So, I'm just saying... All this stuff is coming at us. And then on top of all of that is the negative self-talk that's in your head. Because they, what the, the guys who study all this kind of stuff will tell you is that our speaking conversation uh, pace of words is about 150, 200 words a minute, but your self-talk is about 1,200 words a minute. 
And 70% of most people's self-talk is negative. So if even if there was a negative coming at you, you got all these little gremlins in your head, negative self-talk coming at you. So all this stuff is coming at you. How many of you know negativity is easy? Cynicism is easy. Doubt is easy. Hey, if you want weeds to grow in the garden, just don't do anything. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna walk in joy, and you're gonna walk in gratitude, and you're gonna walk in faith, and you're gonna walk in positive, you're gonna have to make some choices. When all that clamor is going on in your head and all those voices are coming at you and all the negative news is pouring in and all the stuff that's going on around you, it is going, it is going to take a choice to say, I choose to rejoice. I choose to worship. I choose to be grateful. I choose to believe God. A, a celebrating, rejoicing, positive you is a better version of you. It's the life you want. It's the life God wants for you. It's certainly the life everybody around you wants you to have. Just saying, a joyful wife is better than a nagging wife. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what some of you are doing. It's like, let's just see what he's doing here. Let's see where he's going with this one. Come on. A joyful husband is better than a grumpy one. Come on, ladies. You can say amen. Some of those men did. A joyful pastor is better than a mad pastor. Okay, yeah, I hear you now. I, I know where you're coming from. I, I know you're kind. A joyful church member is way better than a complaining all the time. Church member. I'm telling you, it's the best version of you. A joyful friend is way better than a negative friend. It's the life you've always wanted. Re Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say, rejoice. I just want to point out to us that this is not a suggestion. This is actually a command to rejoice in the Lord. And your circumstances may not give you cause for rejoicing. There may be things going on around you. There may be things going on in your body. There may be things going on in relationships or work or finances or whatever that may not cause you to go, woohoo! And you may not be able to rejoice and celebrate in that. But I just want 
us to know you can always rejoice in the Lord. You can always rejoice in His love for you. You can always rejoice in His faithfulness to you. Come on. Are you with me? You can always rejoice in His promises to you. Always. How many of you know it's a discipline? Because it's so easy to slip into negative. The book of uh, Nehemiah is a great story of these guys that are, that are rebuilding a wall that's been torn down around Jerusalem. And uh, I love this verse. Uh, they're in the midst of this situation. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, he said to them, go eat of the fat and drink of the sweet. Right there, it's a good verse, right? Come on, eat of the fat. So, so when you go eat lunch today and eat fat and drink sweet, you could just say, I'm obeying the Bible. I'm just trying to follow the Lord to the best of my ability. Go <laughs> eat of the fat, drink of the sweet. Send portions to him who has nothing prepared. That's good that you're blessed to be a blessing, right? For this day is holy to the Lord, but this is what I love. Don't be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. They're building, they're battling. The Bible gives us this story where this picture of at one season of time, they've got a sword in one hand and a building instrument in another hand, and they are, they are having to do both at the same time, just like you're doing. Just like you trying to build your business, build your family, build your life, build your world. You're building and you're battling. And, it, and how many you know that can get intense sometimes? I mean, you, just, you get furrowed brow and get a little get focused. And I'm, I'm just trying to hold it together. <laughs> just trying to gain a little bit of ground. I'm just, I'm just trying to build something with my life. And it, gets, it can get intense. And here's the discipline. Locate joy and locate celebration while you're still building and battling. I think a lot of us, we, we're thinking as soon as this is over, as soon as this changes, as soon as this resolves itself, then I'm going to be able to rejoice. But right now, you don't understand. When your joy is full, your strength is full. When your joy is full, you are the boldest in your life. And I, I want us to understand, it is not your determination that is your strength. Some of us are very determined people. And determined people can have more struggle with this than almost anyone. But I, I just want to remind us that no one has enough willpower to defeat sin. It's not your willpower that is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you lose your joy, you lose your strength. 
That's why the devil is always after your joy. Because he's really after your strength. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Well, there it is again. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes I think all of us, especially those of us that have already become believers, we're, we're in pursuit of this, what is God's will for my life? Well, let's, let me tell you what God's will is for your life. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why, because when you go here, you are creating the atmosphere of heaven in your life, in your soul, in your world. When you go to this, you, now, now I'm in heaven's atmosphere. Now I'm in God's atmosphere. Now I'm in a healthy place for my soul. Now I can make a good choice because I'm making a, a choice, a decision, a direction that's coming out of this atmosphere rather than a negative, fearful, cynical, doubting atmosphere. Am I preaching this okay? I like, to, I like to put it this way. Make the choice to rejoice. Have an attitude of gratitude. Pray throughout the day. Because this whole idea of praying without ceasing gives us the word picture of like you've got this recurring cough. It just it, it keeps coming up and you're coughing and it's happening all day long. And see, every time I start talking about that, it makes people cough. But, but it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not like you have these, all these structured prayer times, although I love structured prayer time, but it's through the day. You're riding in your car, you're praying. You think of somebody, you're praying for them. You see somebody, you, you pray for them. You're, you're just thinking about a thought, you pray for them. You're riding in your car, you've got worship music going or whatever. You're just praying throughout the day. And the whole thing behind this is, is, this, is this is God saying, go to the positive, It'd be easy to go to the negative. It'd be easy to go to cynicism. It'd be easy to go to fear. It'd be easy to go to a troubled heart. But here's what I want you to do. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all things. Not for all things, in all things. Go to the positive. Go positive with your attitude. Go positive with your atmosphere. Atmosphere is a powerful thing. You put plants in the right environment, in the right atmosphere, and they'll grow well. And you were made to grow best in a positive atmosphere. That's where your soul flourishes. And you, you have the ability to create a positive atmosphere for your life. Make friends. With discipline. Your brain is going, oh, all this, all this, all this. I'm just going to rejoice in God. I'm going to give thanks for all the good things that are in my life. I'm going to touch heaven and let heaven touch me. I think getting on purpose about the atmosphere in our life is a powerful thing. I mean, if you would agree with me, heaven is a positive place. 
with a positive there's no sin there's no sickness there's no sorrow there it's a positive place and then jesus tell us to pray thy kingdom come your will be done on earth just like it's done in heaven so i want to encourage you to be a thermostat and not just a thermometer a thermometer just reads and reacts yesterday was it awesome yesterday was it 86 degrees god is good it's easy to rejoice when it's 86 not when it's 26 and thermometers just read and react everything is great but a thermostat reads and changes the atmosphere that's the discipline that's the choice that's to say oh my gosh i feel myself going negative i feel myself going fearful i feel myself going troubled i feel myself going in the wrong direction stop not just going to react i'm going to read it i'm not going to ignore it i'm not going to pretend it's not there i'm just going to create a better atmosphere to process it right what is what is thanksgiving thanksgiving is locating the positives in your life I'm out golfing, I'm having a bad day, I'm not playing well, I'm frustrated, all of a sudden I got to go, stop. You got a great life. You got an incredible wife. You, you, you've got, you're saved. You got your health, you got your kids, you got your grandson, you got, you got, you, locate the positives. The negative is playing bad golf. It's a first world problem, I know. Thanksgiving is not ignoring what's bad or wrong or difficult. Thanksgiving is actually giving a higher profile to what's good and right and higher. Because I've, I've found that what you focus on, you get more of. What you look for, you find. If you're looking for things for a negative viewpoint on life, there's tons of things that will feed that for you. But if you're looking for a positive, then you could find a lot of things to be positive about. I think some people have a really weird, adverse view on being positive. They think, oh, that Pollyanna, it's weak. It's shallow to be so positive. I'm going to suggest to you it's actually very easy to be cynical and negative. That's easy. That's weak. That's shallow. But it takes some strength of character to go, I am not going to get sucked into that. I'm enjoying preaching this. I don't know if you're enjoying listening, but I'm enjoying preaching it. And, and to go, I am not going to get sucked into that. That would be easy. But what would be, what would be the right thing is to choose to rejoice, to choose to be grateful, to choose to touch heaven. I think great atmosphere is really about aligning with heaven heaven is a positive place and i'm encouraging 
you. And maybe, maybe it's a 1% turn. Maybe you just have this negative bent. And, and everybody does, to be honest, have this kind of, you know, gremlin talk in their head. But maybe it's easy for you to focus on the negative, focus on what's wrong, focus on what's bad. But the Bible is encouraging us, come on, you got to discipline yourself to rejoice in the Lord. you got to discipline yourself to locate your positives. you got to discipline yourself to go, okay, I'm not going to get sucked into that. I might turn that radio off. I might turn that TV off. I might turn this thing off because it's not feeding what I want to feed inside of my soul, and I am going to turn my attention. I'm going to pray. I'm going to touch heaven. I'm going to let heaven touch me. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always, always, always. Again, I'll say rejoice. In other words, this is, this is a deal. This is a, this is a big deal for Paul. Because I think, we think, joy is this little bonus whipping cream that gets put on the top. And we either like whipping cream or we don't. If you don't, we're going to pray for healing. <laughs> if you don't like whipping cream. But I think we think joy and thanksgiving and being positive is like this whipping cream in that it, it's nice to have it, but I don't need it. And I'm going to suggest to you that the joy of the Lord is really your strength and that the joy of the Lord is fundamental to who you are as a Christian that it's not an added bonus Jesus said didn't we just read it at the beginning of the meeting that his he's praying that his joy would be left for you in you so that your joy would be full and I don't think a lot of people equate Christianity with joy. I think they equate Christianity with furrowed brow. I think they equate Christianity with judgmental, with legalistic, with shaking finger. And maybe they do because We've relegated this whole joy rejoicing thing to its wrong spot. I understand the difference between happiness and joy. I know happiness is about happenings. It's about circumstances. And, uh, and I'm actually, I'm okay with people being happy, better than the alternative. But I, I just want us to consider something because I think there are things that can legitimately bring you joy, bring you happiness. You, you, have, you have friendships that bring you joy. You have loved ones that bring you joy. Right? Some of you are going, hmm, let me think. There's got to be one somewhere. You have victories you have things that work out and you go, the circumstances are great, the weather is great, it's not raining. You know, all these things, they're, they're legit. 
It's a, it's a beautiful thing. But what I'm suggesting to us today is that this is a different thing. That we are learning to rejoice in the Lord. That we're so my marriage brings me a lot of joy. My kids have brought me a lot of joy. My church brings me a lot of joy. But I just want to say that even though my marriage brings me a lot of joy, there have been moments that I've been awfully frustrated in my marriage. Everybody's staring straight ahead like, well, that's never happened to me. You lying in church. I hope fire doesn't come down on your head. My kids have brought me a ton of joy, but I can promise you there's been a moment or two that I've gotten awfully frustrated. And I love my dear Rock Church with all of my heart. But I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, uh, you guys can be frustrating sometimes, just like I can be. And I think there's all elements and all this stuff that's a great thing. But what I'm aiming us toward is this. There is a joy. There is a rejoicing. There is a thanksgiving. There is a place that says, God, you want this as a central part of my life. Not, not whipping cream, but like the real deal part of my life. I can rejoice in the Lord. I can rejoice in God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's ability to, to love me and work in my life. I think joy becomes a possible choice for us to live our life when we finally get to that place that we are confident in God's love and God's care for us. When we can let go of trying to fix it all and control it all, we can just rest back in the goodness of God. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Father, I'm first just lifting up every person that is facing situations that could easily steal their joy. Maybe they're facing a financial crunch or a relational issue or a work thing, or maybe it's just literally the, the, the negative self-talk in their head. So many things come to rob and steal our joy, and I'm praying for uh, a new, fresh wind and, and, and a, an understanding how fundamental it is to walk in joy, to make that choice. While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, can I just do this? Maybe you're here today and you have actually never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never just put your life into his hands. And maybe you thought it was all about doing better or being better or trying harder, but maybe the realization is coming to you today that you can just surrender your life to God and he'll take you just like you are and he will do great things in your life. It's not a call to be perfect. It's just a call to surrender. Maybe you've never done that. 
Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to God, but you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. Today would be a great, great day for you to open your heart and come back to the Lord. And maybe you feel unsure about where you stand with God. I want to pray with you today. Nobody's looking around. If you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, if you want to come back to the Lord, or you just want to say, Pastor, I just want to be sure I'm right with God. Would you pray for me? I want you to raise your hand all over this room and say, yeah, that's me. God bless you. Come on, anybody else. God bless you. Just lift your hand real high and say, that, that's me. God bless you over here. God bless you right here. Come on, anybody else that just says, yeah, that's me. God bless you, sir. Anybody else says, come on, this, again, not a call to get it together, a call to surrender to the one who has it together and watch him do great things in your life. Anybody else want to be included in this moment? Amen. Let's all pray this. This is for everyone who raised their hand. I'd love to lead you in a prayer, but let's, let's all pray it together. Let's all do this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I receive Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord together.